What's up, you beautiful people? This is Gary Horn, and this is This Is Pro Wrestling. And this is your morning news update for February the 24th, 2021. A lot to talk about today. Impact last night, AEW Dynamite, NXT tonight, and uh, lots of stuff in the news from Ric Flair to John Moxley to Tony Khan, and on and on. So let's dive right into it. To start with, I guess we'll go over Impact last night. Of course, uh, we're not doing the full show rundowns anymore, but these are the top three things you need to know from Impact. Number one, Moose is inevitable. So after the Diener-Jake uh, something match last night and a tables match, Jake something ended up winning. Jake tossed Diener through the table right after when he was celebrating his victory, though, Moose appeared out of nowhere, spearing Jake something through a table in the corner. He grabbed a chair, planted it in the middle of the ring, and said until he gets what he was promised by Rich Swan, there will be no show. Executive Vice President Scott D'Amore came out and told Moose that uh, Rich Swan wasn't cleared for action. He's already told him he's not even there this evening. So he said, but what I will do for you is this, that TNA title you've been carrying around, we'll consider it now an official title, and you have a title defense tonight against Jake something. And so that's how that went down. Now, whether or not that means long-term, the TNA title is also in effect, as well as the Impact World Championship. Seems a little silly if that's the case, but in either case, Moose did take on Jake something in the main event of the evening. And although it was a physical match, Moose took the victory. One, two, three. And he just looks like a million bucks right now. And Moose is on top of the world. And after the victory, Scott Dimore did come out. Um, well, actually, Rich Swan came out first and attacked Moose. And then Scott Dimore announced that on March the 3rd, Impact Sacrifice, which is an Impact Plus event, the Impact World title will be defended by Rich Swan against Moose. Is this going to be where Moose finally takes his place as the Impact World's heavyweight champion? I don't know. That remains to be seen, but I tell you what, it does feel like he's destined for it. So stay tuned. That's coming up for Impact. Number two is still not sure what's up with the paid ads from Tony Khan, but they are hilarious. Uh, this week, more people showed up with Tony Khan and Tony Schiavone. Uh, they called it, uh, you still get a chance to watch the Tonys. Uh, it's pretty cool. Um, anyway, they're standing out on the football field. Britt Baker, Rebels there, uh, Matt Hardy, Isaiah Cassidy. Brian Cage and Ricky Starks, and I'm probably leaving somebody out. Oh, and Ryan Nimeth are all there, and they all get a little chance to talk, and uh, Tony makes a reference to, hey, look, this is only like 4% of the AEW roster, and it's still more star power than you'll find on any Impact show in the past few years. So, pretty crazy. Anyway, Tony's stuff is really funny, and uh, I enjoy watching it, although it just seems to constantly bury impacts. I don't know what the plans are as far as the feud goes, but uh, it does look interesting. So hopefully Impact gets some comeuppance on AEW for this kind of stuff. All right, number three is Jazz and Jordan Grace are the number one contenders for the Impact Women's Championship. They beat Susan and Kimberly in a women's tag team number one contenders match. And so now, also at Sacrifice, you're going to see Jazz and Jordan Grace take on Flava and Fire. Is that how you say it? Fire and Flava? 
I get it mixed up. It's Kira Hogan and Tasha Steeles, the Impact Women's Tag Team Champions. So anyway, that's uh, those are the most important points I thought coming out of Impact. Uh, should be interesting to see uh, Sacrifice. That's coming up on March the 3rd which is next Wednesday, actually. So interesting, that's gonna be on a Wednesday show. On the latest episode of WWE's After the Bell podcast with Corey Graves, Finn Balor was asked a lot about um, WrestleMania and NXT and number one contenders to his NXT championship, that sort of thing. I just thought this was fun. He said, for me personally, if I could defend the title one night on TakeOver and the next night on WrestleMania, that would be a dream scenario for me. Double defense. I really feel Karrion Cross. I empathize with him and his situation. Having to relinquish the title, being injured, I really feel he deserves the title shot, whether it's at TakeOver or WrestleMania or sooner or later. So uh, just throwing that out there with Karrion Cross, obviously keeping him in the mix for the NXT Championship. And uh, then Balor just pointing out that his dream scenario would be to defend on NXT and WrestleMania. Will that happen? I guess we'll stay tuned and find out. John Moxley was on a recent episode of Gary Cassidy's Inside the Ropes, and he, he was talking about how Christian looked really good during his comeback in the Royal Rumble last month. And he was saying that he thought Christian would be a great addition to the AEW roster. His exact quote was, I tell you, a guy I'd like to see here is Christian. I don't know if that was a one-off for him at the Royal Rumble, but he looked frigging good to me. Looked like he was in great shape. He looked sharp, man. I tell you, he's one of those guys that's, the wrestlers know it more so than anybody. Christian is just so good. Like his brain and his execution and his mind for wrestling is just next level. The things that he could do with the wrestlers in AEW. There's no hindrance on anything creatively here. This is obviously we're having a frigging exploding death match. So the things Christian could do at AEW, I would be extremely excited to see that. That would be my number one dream guy. So just interesting stuff there from John Moxley that Christian would be his number one draft pick apparently coming over from WWE or just somebody he thinks deserves another shot and uh, could really produce in AEW. Speaking of interviews, in celebration of his 72nd birthday, Wrestling Inc. Managing Editor Nick Houseman sat down with the two-time WWE Hall of Famer and 16-time World Champion Ric Flair for some interviews, and they're going to run on tomorrow and Thursday's episodes of the Wrestling Inc. Daily Podcast. So be sure to check that out. One of the interesting parts that I did see in a transcript of the interview here is uh, he opened up about a possible Four Horsemen reunion. He said, quote, I don't think so. We've all gone our own way. We've tried it a couple of times, but everybody is represented by somebody else. There's always a money issue, and every time we've done it, they've been successful, but I don't see it happening now. First of all, let me go on record and say Arn, Tully, and Barry should all be in the Hall of Fame as individuals. I thought they all had Hall of Fame careers as individuals. Arn and Tully could work and talk, but we don't even stay in touch anymore. It just seems like that great 10-year time we had in live, it's just gone by. I don't feel like we're close at all, but I'm glad. I'm happy for them, and they're over there on AEW. They both are smart. Houseman did circle back on that point about we don't even keep in touch and asked if went into the discussion about Flair talking about his relationship with Eric Bischoff, how they didn't get along at one point. And talk, speaking of Eric Bischoff, he said, when my son died, I don't think we're ever going to be best friends. But when something like that happens or when I get sick like I did or something that really upsets your life, those are the people that show up. And I can remember driving across town about three days after he died 
Eric called on the phone because I was crushed. I was absolutely devastated. I can remember the people that called and the people that didn't. If they couldn't come, they called or texted me. Those are the people that count. Or likewise, when I was sick, you really find out who your friends are. It took me six months to return them all, but I had over 170 texts on my phone and Wendy counted each one of them. You wake up and you don't know where you are. That's how you know who your real friends are because there's people that I was very close to that did not show up for Reed's funeral and did not text me. Simple as that. I didn't hear a word from them. And those are the things that are more hurtful than anything I experienced in wrestling. It's just a very personal feeling. And he goes on to say here that this is one of the reasons he and R aren't close. Flair says, how do you not text? We don't do anything anymore. We don't talk. When it's close to Reed's birthday, I get emotional. Like I said, one of the greatest. It's got nothing to do with business. Nothing's bigger than the love of your children. He goes on to say, I wasn't just saying it about Arn. I didn't hear a word from Tully. Didn't hear a word from Barry. I didn't hear anything from Oli. He's mad at the world. Arn just comes to mind because he was so close to the family. Then when I was sick, not a word. You spend 10 years being so close with these people and you just wonder what really matters at the end of the day. It means nothing, apparently. Mike Johnson over at PW Insider is reporting that Taya Valkyrie, the longest reigning Impact Wrestling Knockouts champion in history, she officially reported to the WWE Performance Center yesterday. Combined with a report from Dave Meltzer over at The Observer, the Performance Center started a large new class yesterday with several notable names beginning, of course, what they hope will be a journey to the WWE. Dave Meltzer says a class of around 30 men and women started. PW Insider and Observer have uh, confirmed some names and also point out that Paul Triple H Levesque said that this class would feature the largest amount of women they've ever had in a class at once. Pretty neat, huh? The male names being reported are former college football player Parker Boudreaux, Christian Casanova Brigham, Anthony Henry, who is one half of the workhorsemen with J.D. Drake, Christian Hubble, which Blake Christian, who be better known as, and Bronson Reichsteiner, who is the son of former WCW and WWF tag team star Rick Steiner. On the female side of things, PW Insider's reporting uh, AQA, uh, Angela Arnold is going to be there. Uh, Priscilla Kelly is in that class, uh, now known as Gigi Dolan. Uh, Cora Jade, formerly known as Elena Black. Carissa Rivera. And Lacey Bryan, aka Zoe Stark, right now. Uh, Meltzer reported on those signings in late January, uh, including a Japanese talent, Seri. It's unknown if she also started on Tuesday or if she's yet to move to the U.S. Also, of course, Taya Valkyrie in that list and Harlem Bravado. Now, I don't know for sure that Taya and Harlem were both in that class on Tuesday, but they will be starting soon. Um, WWE doesn't traditionally announce the entire class until several days after they start. Mike Johnson over at PW Insider also had a great interview with Tony Khan. And in that interview, one of the... Uh, little snippets that I found interesting that I was personally worried about. Mike Johnson did mention to Tony the Brian Cage powerbomb on Sting and given his circumstances and everybody's feelings about it, what was the risk of taking the bump and, you know, all of that thing, you know, everybody's concerns. Tony Khan's quoted here in the interview saying, he's been cleared. He's been fully cleared. He's been training with Darby and sparring partners and he's been fully cleared to wrestle. 
in his training one thing he's done to get ready with his sparring partners is a power bomb in terms of getting ready for this i was more than fine with it and in fact called it at that point where he's taking them in training it's time for the live crowd so he was completely clear to do it and wanted to do it and he wanted to get out there and wrestle sting is going to be on dynamite looking for payback and all bets are off now sting's clear to wrestle and he wants to wrestle and this is how he wanted to end his wrestling career and ring was in aew and come in and go out the way he always wanted to go out with great matches he's been preparing for this and i expect sting to have a great performance on march 7th he has very high expectations for this match and has come back here and so do i i thought brian did a great job with the power bomb and certainly got people talking about the match in a very positive way and he created a conversation about is sting going to be okay is this all right well that was the idea we're trying to create that conversation but most important thing is he's okay and he walked through the curtain that's not going to be an easy moment it took a lot out of him but at the same time he came out of it in one piece and that's what he wanted so there you go sting apparently completely cleared to wrestle Still don't know that that means he's going to get use full time, but I guess we will find out. Very interesting indeed. And one last little bit of news before the preview for this evening. Uh, Josh Nation over at the Wrestling Observer is saying A&E and WWE have come to an agreement on some documentary series um, and a couple of shows under the network's biography banner. The WWE Studios produced documentary series called WWE Legends will premiere. It will feature two-hour looks at Steve Austin, Randy Savage, Roddy Piper, Booker T, Shawn Michaels, Bret Hart, Mick Foley, and The Ultimate Warrior. Those shows are going to be airing weekly at 8 p.m. Eastern, and they're going to be followed by WWE's Most Wanted Treasures at 10 p.m. Eastern, featuring the husband and wife duo of Paul Triple H Levesque and Stephanie McMahon. The nine episodes will focus on the two leading a team of collectors, WWE superstars, and legends as they investigate, negotiate, bid, and travel across the country to hunt down and reclaim some of the most elusive WWE collectibles. Uh, we're talking here like Kane's original mask, Ric Flair's butterfly robe, Andre the Giant's passport, and Andy Kaufman's neck brace. Uh, from their press release here, it says, Superstar in training, AJ Francis will head out on the road alongside some of the most famous WWE legends of all time, including The Undertaker, Ric Flair, Charlotte Flair, Mick Foley, Kane, Big Show, Mark Henry, Jerry the King Lawler, Booker T, Greg the Hammer Valentine, Brutus the Barber Beefcake, Jake the Snake Roberts, and Sergeant Slaughter. The series will unearth these rare items in the hopes of preserving and sharing the legacy behind the memorable moments in WWE history. That sounds kind of fun, to be honest with you, so I guess we'll check that out. All right, well, that's going to wrap it up for the news below. Here's the uh, current lineup for tonight. If you're looking forward to NXT, NXT Women's Champion Io Shirai is going to be taking on Zoe Stark in a non-title match. That's a pretty big boost for Zoe right off the bat, formerly Lacey Ryan. Uh, she just, just showed up and made her debut, and now she's getting a uh, uh, match with Io Shirai. Very cool. Zia Lee is taking on Casey Catanzaro. Casey Catanzaro, probably not long for this world after that matchup. Zia Lee's been on a tear. And NXT North American Champion Johnny Gargano versus Dexter Loomis in a non-title match. Adam Cole will explain why he attacked Kylo Riley and NXT Champion Finn Balor. NXT Cruiserweight Champion Santos Escobar versus Karrion Cross in a non-title no-DQ match. Escobar will be stripped of the title and suspended indefinitely if he no-shows this match. 
And then the Grizzled Young Veterans versus Drake, Maverick, and Killian Dane. That's NXT coming up tonight uh, on AEW Dynamite on the other side over there. You've got Lance Archer versus Ray Phoenix in a Face of the Revolution ladder match qualifying match. Hangman Page versus Isaiah Cassidy. Jake Hager versus Brandon Cutler. The Varsity Blondes versus Brian Cage and Ricky Starks. Sting will appear, and he's coming for revenge from Brian Cage and Team Taz. John Moxley's taking on Ryan Nimeth, and Dr. Britt Baker versus Nyla Rose for a Women's World Title Eliminator Tournament semifinal match. Thanks so much for sticking with it if you have so far, and if you haven't already done so, you can check out our website over at tipwshow.com. Uh, over there we've got a store we've got a blog we've got all kinds of stuff over there we'd love it if you went and checked it out and if you haven't already our youtube channel is uh, available for you there it'd be really really cool if you went to youtube searched us out and subscribed to that channel we're trying to boost those numbers up and get some attention there as well um we're starting a brand new series on the podcast right after this i'm going to work on dropping episode number one uh in our history of pro wrestling series i hope you guys will check that out and give us feedback let us know what you like if you if you like the interaction if you like the uh framework that we've set out on how we're going to do this whatever just we want to hear from you we want to know who's listening we want to know what you like what you don't like what you'd like to hear more of that sort of thing we are grateful for every single one of you who listen thank you so much Please uh, follow us on social media at TIPW Show, and I am at This Is Gary Horn everywhere. And until tomorrow, enjoy your gravy cake.